Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here. Hot Mile with Hutton with Row across the Outkick Network. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us across the network, which includes streaming live at our YouTube channel. Outkick is all you search. Hit subscribe. Join Chad in the chat. You see all the great shows on demand live. We are live each and every weekday afternoon, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern. The deadline has arrived for teams to get down to 53 players on NFL rosters. And that just happened literally a minute ago. A lot of trades today, uh, maybe on the back end of rosters, but in the case of the Dolphins, they're sending uh, their first round pick from 2020, Noah Igbenigany. Uh, he is headed, former Auburn Tiger, I yep. believe, headed to Dallas in exchange for cornerback Kelvin Joseph. Uh, he's a former second round pick. So they're swapping corners there. Um, Dallas the, has been active. The Chiefs, uh, they have, let's see, Chris Jones continues to hold out. So they have traded a, a rare interdivision trade with the Raiders for a defensive tackle, Neil Farrell. Uh, so they need some depth there on their roster. And the real main headline that's just now come across is there is no trade for Jonathan Taylor. This was the Colts' deadline for Jonathan Taylor to seek a trade, find one that the Colts were willing to accept, and find something that was suitable for him to accept as well in terms of a contract. This from Schefter. No deal. Indianapolis did not find what it felt was a fair value offer for Jonathan Taylor. It's not trading. It's all pro running back today. With no trade, Taylor is now expected to remain on the physically unable to perform list as they begin the season. That means he's on that list for the first month, the first four games of the season. So he'll miss games against the Jaguars, Texans, Ravens, and Rams. And Schefter goes on to say the next best opportunity to make a trade there would be Halloween. October 31st is the trade deadline. And then... Didn't Jim Mercedes though say, not in October? <laughs> We're not, not trading him now and not, not in October. Not now and not in July, October. Which was July and so not So could have done it in October or September, but if I'm going to take him at his word, he will be a Colt. Because he will not make the trade in October. I mean, and keep this in mind, too. I mean, the Colts could franchise tag him next year if they want to. Or they could try to trade him. Point being, there's no end to the saga of Taylor and the Colts. And now on PUP, this was supposed to be a six to eight week recovery time, by the way, on the ankle surgery. He had this surgery in like January. Yeah, and now and he's we're now here. claiming complications from it. Yeah, and, and he was at, at, at minicamp. He was saying that he felt like he would go into camp ready to go, one hundred percent. What was it? Healthy. Michael Jordan said in Last Dance about Scottie Pippen. Scottie's being Scotty was being selfish when Scotty got the back surgery late and missed the first few months of the season. This feels built like a Scottie Pippen type scenario. That oh, suddenly my ankle. There's some complications. Not feeling right. Uh, I think your team doctor may have screwed it up. I'm going to have to go on the pup list for a little while. The best chance now for the Colts is that someone loses a running back and gets desperate yeah. or feels like they are a Jonathan Taylor away 
from the Super Bowl, and then they give up a lot in return come October. Even though Jim Irsay said he's not going to be traded in October, that could be the best-case scenario for them because while money and circumstances can change a lot of relationships, this feels like it's been irreparably damaged. Yes, I agree. Between Taylor and Irsay and the Colts. I don't see him coming back and ever being happy. So the best case for him and the Colts would be someone loses someone where they get a little bit more desperate and they give up more in return and the Colts come to an agreement to trade him. Melvin Gordon cut by the Ravens and Von Miller, just an update here, he will begin the season missing the first four weeks at least on the physically unable to perform list with the with the Bills. So he's ineligible to play there. He could return after the team's uh, matchup against Miami. Uh, so there's the update from the uh, from Buffalo's end where they need extra pass rush help. They've they tried to add more this offseason. Miller, though, not going to be available. Uh, tore his ACL or had uh, explore they they explored the the issues with his knee in like December, January in surgery. So now they hope they get him back midway through the season instead of missing half of the season. Got an update from Ronald Acuna Jr. today after the Braves batting practice at Coors Field in Denver. He says this through an interpreter about last night's altercation with two fans who stormed the field and accosted him in the bottom of the seventh inning. says, quote, I was a little scared at first. I think the fans out there were asking for a picture, but security was able to get there. I think everything is okay. Everyone is okay. Ronald Acuna Jr. taking the high road. No big issue. No harm. Some foul. But either way, he's okay and ready to move on. He was fine uh, immediately. I think he could shake someone up. At some point, not knowing what's going on, but he never seemed like he was upset during well, the whole episode. I think, I think the, o- the only thing of concern is just what could be in play, right? What could have been. And you, you know at some point it's going to hit the fan with something yeah. like this, right? It's not, well, and, uh, it's not going to end where you just drag the protester off and they, they had nothing but a smoke bomb or you know, it, they wanted nothing but a selfie, yeah, and some people, their initial reaction would be to just to shove the person away. Yeah. Acuna was just like hands up, not trying to touch them and letting them yeah. hug him and wrap around him and not doing anything. They're, I mean, it just depends on how frightened you are when it happens. I mean, he, they could have elbowed the guy, could have shoved him completely off of him. It could have been, could have been ugly either way. Yes. I mean, Acuna could have gone off on the guy not knowing what was happening, and the, the person could have been injured doing that also. So... Thankfully, it was really just two or three security guards that had to drag the one guy who was adamant he was still going to get to Acuna off the field, and nothing else happened. Chad, we'll get back to the NFL with John McClain coming up uh, in about 15 minutes or so. Uh, SEC and Big Ten, they rule all things college football. It's where the marquee matchups will be taking place and what we presume uh, the college football playoff matchups as well. And uh, throughout the week leading up to kickoff of the season, some bigger questions some predictions, storylines across both conferences. Today, we're taking a look at who we believe will be the biggest surprise or the biggest disappointment uh, in in terms of uh, anything, team, coach, player, certain side of the football. Go anywhere we want to with a different answer for the SEC and for the Big Ten. But let's start in the SEC, SEC, excuse me, most pleasant surprise for me and I've bought into this before and thinking long and hard about why I bought in, it's due to a lot of the same reasons why I'm buying in again. 
Kentucky's offense. Devin Leary transfers in from NC State. Ray Davis is a transfer from Vandy. Their best offensive weapon. Solid. Steady. He's now running the football uh, and, and taking over for an offense that wants to run the football well. And they have speed at receiver. Barry on Brown played right down the road from our studio. They have another group of receivers that are certainly capable of breaking the game open. And then Liam Cohen's back from two years ago. The offense did not live up to expectation last year. Cohen is back in the mix. Sign me up for the 2021 offensive version of the Kentucky Wildcats. I think that will be a pleasant surprise compared to what is expected, which is just an average season for Kentucky where they drop back down the ranks kind of where they were last year and not get back to where they were two years ago. I think we'll look at this Kentucky offense as one that will be very consistent on the scoreboard. If Vandy's rushing attack is any indication about how important and good Ray Davis is now that he's left for Kentucky, that's great news for the Wildcats because Vandy rushed for 49 yards against Hawaii in game one. That shows that Ray Davis may have been a big part of that rushing attack a year ago. So certainly something to watch. Um, good surprise for me. It's a team that I've been high on throughout the offseason. I think Texas A&M's offense under Bobby Petrino is going to roll this year. How about this for a fact? Northwestern had more players drafted in this past draft than A&M. That's inexcusable. Wow. The talent has not been there. Now, the young talent is there now with the four- and five-star guys they've accumulated. That young talent needs to come into their own now. Connor Wegman... I think has every tool to be a great quarterback in the SEC. He gets his top four wide receivers back. And he is Smith, Evan Stewart, who is a speedster, and his tight end, Donovan Green, all can be weapons for this Aggies offense. You've got a gifted play caller in Petrino, someone who knows how to get playmakers the ball. Ruben Owens is a five-star freshman running back. Everyone wanted number one player in America, six feet, 200 pounds, game-breaking ability, I really do think that this is the year where A&M starts to figure it out. And it starts on offense, and it starts with Bobby Petrino. They've got two future starters on the offensive line in the NFL, Bryce Foster at center, Ruben Fothery at offensive tackle. They've got the pieces to be an explosive offense. Jimbo Fisher held them back a year ago, along with some bad luck. I think Bobby Petrino in the mix now, what they have at the skill positions and those two great offensive linemen and solid guys around them. A&M's going to be really good this year. Their offense will be a pleasant surprise. Biggest disappointment for me in the SEC, Chad, and uh, keep this in mind. I'm not saying this is a total bust and failure. I just, I'm not buying into the full, just the full-on, full-throttle expectation of Joe Milton. Because I've seen Joe Milton the last time out. Now, not the last time out against Clemson that factors into but I've seen him be very up and down ride the waves and that's the one thing Hendon Hooker was great at he protected the football and by and large extremely consistent Milton has been the opposite of that I I think in in many ways the comparison of where he can be in the draft with Anthony Richardson is totally fair the comparisons that I can make of why I think he'll be Anthony Richardson this year for Tennessee is also totally fair. One game, locked in, loaded, ready to go. And the next, 
can't complete a 10-yard pass because he throws it 20 yards downfield or has a receiver running open 40 yards downfield and he throws it 80. Like it, those are the things that I expect will continue to occur because this isn't a 19, 20-year-old quarterback. This is who he is. And I think Tennessee's going to be good. I just don't think they're going to be great because they're not going to have the great consistency at quarterback that they did a year ago. I think all of the intangibles that you bring up that Hinden Hooker had, uh, Joe Milton physically has every Everything. gift you could want in a quarterback. Uh, I am reluctant to think that he's going to live up to the hype, though, um, because of some of those intangibles. I, I also, and I've seen this before with him, knowing pressure, not seeing it, or seeing it when it's not there at times, that's something Hooker was great at. I don't know that you can really teach that at times. That's a good point. His yeah. pocket presence, not seeing someone right around him, it could lead to some fumbles, uh, could lead to some sacks that don't need to be there, and you stop a drive because of it. They're going to put up some big numbers, I, I believe. I think he's going to put up some big numbers in games. But to get to that next level or even repeat the 11-2 and season of this past year – I'm with you, Hutton. I think it's going to be difficult. He's a different runner, too. I don't see Milton in that Heisman conversation the way Hendon Hooker was a year ago, but I also think with that offense and with some of the guys they have coming back and some of the guys they have coming in, like Dante Thornton, the transfer wide receiver from Oregon, they're going to continue to hum offensively, but not to the level they did a year ago. You'll be able to tell, Chad. I know you know this. You can tell when he's on and when he's off. Yeah, I expected to be on against Virginia. We'll know a lot when they go to the Swamp. He could play great there, too. But I do expect the dips to be low. And, and you come back and you go, man, they just didn't have it. And, you, and you'll tell in the first half. It's just not there. Speaking of the game against Virginia, just announced that game is sold out at Nissan Stadium, which Love surprises that. me a little bit, quite honestly. Where are, sold out as of now. Where are you headed in the, uh, in the biggest disappointment? I'm going to be quick on this one because this is really just a gut feeling. I think Carson Beck is going to be a disappointment at Georgia. And a lot of this is a compliment to Stetson Bennett before him. Carson Beck is a much bigger prospect, much bigger guy. He's 6'4", 220 pounds from Jacksonville. We've seen him some in mop-up duty, but not a lot. I think Georgia is due for a fall at that position from the moxie of Stetson Bennett, the clutch playmaking ability we saw from him. I think they take a step back with Carson Beck. I think Georgia's going to be fine. I think George is going to be right back in the college football playoff. I don't think Carson Beck lasts all year as a starter. I think there's going to be some movement at some point. Could be Brock Vandergriff. Could be Gunnar Stockton. Someone's going to come in for Carson Beck because he's not getting it done the way Kirby Smart wants. That's my prediction of a disappointment this year. Chad, uh, we'll get to the Big Ten coming up later in the show. But the, I, I near, uh, Davey Hudson and I were chatting about this yesterday. I nearly chose Carson Beck. But then I thought to myself last night, Georgia's schedule allows him to look a lot better than what he might actually be. That, yeah. that factors into my theory on him. I, I don't know. I don't think we'll know about him until it gets time to play uh, the, either Tennessee, and it may not even matter then, until, until it's time to play for the SEC championship and then head to the college football playoff. That's when we'll find out about Beck. Yeah, I think there's a, a, a chance, to your point, where he starts throughout the year, but the one complaint for Georgia fans would be, man, if we just had Stetson Bennett at quarterback or had better quarterback play, we'd be blowing everyone out. 
Yeah. So they were going to be winning close games or games they think should be a blowout will be closer than they think because the passing game won't be quite what it's been in the past when they're really going at the rate they want to go at. So I, I think that could be part of it, and maybe he keeps his job just by default because they're going to sit around and say, well, why would we pull someone when we're undefeated and continue to win games? Meanwhile, that may be part of it. Meanwhile, the other team to look at schedule-wise with the opposite effect is Ole Miss. Ooh. Ole Miss is scheduled last year. Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech. They're 7-0, right? Tulsa, Kentucky, Vanderbilt. That's it. And, and then Auburn. Uh, and then they lost to LSU. That was their first loss. Then you start to look at their schedule this year. They have Mercer, Tulane, at Tulane, Georgia Tech, Alabama, LSU, Arkansas, Auburn, and then they get to Vandy. Then they host Texas A&M. This is a gauntlet. Buckle up, Lane. This, this is not going to be pretty, even though they may be about the same level of team they were a year ago. Good chance for your guy, Quinshawn Judkins, to be the offensive MVP of the league yeah. in those games. They got to have him. Got to have him. We've got John McClain next. The latest across the him. National Football League on Hot Mike. If you followed me throughout the years, you know I'm a South Dakota girl at heart who grew up in a ranching family. And I know that America First isn't just a political movement. It's a kitchen table issue, literally. You know, I always support American family-owned companies, ranchers, and farmers who put high-quality meat products on the tables of their fellow Americans. And my friends at Omaha Steaks are the experts. With Father's Day right around the corner, what better gift to give Dad than the experience of world-class Omaha Steaks? This package includes a mouth-watering assortment of Dad's grilling favorites like Omaha Steaks Butcher's Cut Top Sirloins, Juicy Boneless Pork Chops, Deli-Style Gourmet Jumbo Franks, and their legendary Omaha Steaks Burgers. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code OUTKICK at checkout. Get mouth-watering gift packages starting at just $99. And as a bonus, use promo code OUTKICK to get $10 off your order. Rosters are at 53 across the NFL. Glad you're with us for Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow here on the OutKick Network. John McClain joins us. SportsRadio610.com is where you can read his work, listen to those podcasts and more. And uh, John, busy day across the league. Not busy for Jonathan Taylor. No trade for the Colts and Taylor with another team. Today was the deadline. By all accounts, he's headed to PUP for at least four weeks, and then we wait and see what happens after that. Well, first of all, nobody was going to give them anything for damaged goods. He was hurt last season. He's hurt now. Um, he wants a big contract, bigger than any of the other running backs. So things need to calm down a little bit with him. As it is, I'm physically unable to perform. He misses four games. Then he has three weeks after that to get ready. And I think it'd be foolish to think that he was just going to snap his fingers and be ready considering how long it's been since he's played. So he would need that time for practice. And then they could wait up to the trade deadline and trade him to a team that's lost a running back that they, to a team that thinks they need to replace an injured player to help get them to the playoffs or the Super Bowl. And um, that might be best. I've seen people throw out there, he get a, should get a three-year contract for $40 million. I think if he could get $12 million a year, he should be ecstatic. I think now, based on what Josh Jacobs got to come in, that's the new barometer over 
Saquon Barkley. But uh, I think if once it's official on PUP, it'll quiet down a little bit, and the Colts will be able to talk about football and their rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson. I, I do I do wonder how injured he is. I know they, they failed him on the physical, but initially, based on the procedure they had on his ankle, it was like a six- to eight-week recovery time. And in minicamp, he was talking about being ready to go and he's going to be healthy and ready to step in. This was all prior to the meeting on the bus. Was this more of a, you know, a hold-in, quote-unquote, or is this legitimately an injury? Because I know they can't just put him on this list unless there's something there. Now we, I, I wouldn't, I don't can't speculate because I don't have a clue. The thing is about him. Remember when he they said he had a back injury? Yeah. He said I don't have a back injury. The best way to stash somebody is to say they got a back injury because you don't have a bruise or anything back there. You just got to say, hey, my back's killing me. Most of us have had back back soreness. I've had a back operation and yet it it didn't show. But he didn't want any part of that. So it's been an ugly situation. If he doesn't get a contract he wants from the Colts, then maybe he's he'll set, go on physically unable to perform for the season. The way the rules are, if you're ready to be activated after four weeks, you're activated. But if you're not ready, you go on PUP for the season. And uh, maybe that, but then they'd have the same situation all over again. Yeah. John, got a question coming in from our YouTube chat. David wants to know, why did the Texans cut linebacker Christian Kirksey? Because he'd been out a long time. They have young linebackers. Christian Harris, who's, who played the second half of last year very well, had a great offseason program, third-round pick last year. Henry Toa Toa from Alabama, He even though he was a fifth-round pick, and everybody was stunned that the Texans got him in the fifth round after what he did in Tennessee. And Alabama, he's improved. Then they signed a free agent. Denzel Perryman was hurt last year, but two years ago led the Raiders in tackles and made the Pro Bowl. So Kirksey had been out hurt with a hamstring injury, hadn't been able to contribute anything. So a lot of news coming in as the you know the cuts just announced here recently. Some news in New England where they cut Bailey Zappi and Malik Cunningham. The Patriots have one quarterback on their roster right now in Mac Jones. John, what's going on? I'll tell you, they'll have another quarterback by the time they begin regular season. It's strange because Zappi played really well last season. People thought he played better than Mac Jones when Jones was hurt. Now, Malik Cunningham, I saw him in the first game against the Texans. He is just a runner. You know, he's be more in in line for a practice squad position. But leaving yourself open for that, they're either somebody out there you want, a veteran, somebody you're going to trade for, because they're taking a heck of a chance. I'm guessing Zappi's not going to clear waivers. Yeah. There's such yeah. a shortage of quarterbacks. Uh, when you put a guy out there that's had some success, people are going to take him. Just like there's some stupid enough to give up a fourth-round pick for Trey Lance. John, the amount of people that are retweeting that news with just photos of Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Of, oh, they've got their quarterback in mind who they're going to have on the roster, and it's Tom Brady, which uh, we will get to see Tom Brady you know, reunited with New England uh, in their opener as he's honored in that game, but it won't be as the quarterback, that's for sure. Wouldn't that be something? Amazing. Billy O would be reunited with the Patriots offense, but that ain't happening. 
keep an eye on the, what's going on in New England there. John, uh, Colt McCoy is one of those veterans who's free. Uh, the Cardinals cutting Colt McCoy, who took all of the first team reps uh, throughout the offseason, OTAs, minicamp, camp. They end up with Clayton Toon, a fifth-round pick, and then they trade uh, to go get Joshua Dobbs, the backup in Cleveland, and he's in the mix to start week one against Washington. What do you make of what the Cardinals are doing and the decision to do to go about it this way uh, if, if in fact, they're just really trying to name a starter in 2024 by the name of Caleb Williams? Well, come on now. We know what they're doing. You know, you can't make players tank. People thought, well, why in the world did Lovey Smith go to Indianapolis, win the last game, cost himself the first pick in Bryce Young? Well, you can't tell players to fail. Players know that if they don't give their best, it's going to be on tape, and uh, other teams are going to see it. Now, what you do is you limit their chances to win by cutting Colt McCoy. And Colt, I think, is 35, going to be 36 years old. But he's definitely better than Toon. Dobbs has never won a game. You guys saw him flash last year. Clayton Toon, I saw a lot at the University of Houston. He started like eight years. He's older. He's got a lot of starting experience. I'll bet you they're going to end up starting him over Dobbs because there have been really good reports. So there's nothing better than to guarantee losing games and start a rookie quarterback who you know is going to be up and down. And if you're starting with a team that's terrible, it enhances your chances to lose. And uh, it's pretty obvious what they're doing. The league can't make them do anything about it. You know, there's people out there I was saying, boy, Kyler Murray's got to prove something. Kyler Murray's proved something, that he's out of there. It's going to cost them a fortune on the salary cap, but you can afford that when you got a rookie quarterback who will be on a five-year contract if you pick up the fifth-year option or you extend him, which the good ones get extended. So Murray will be out of there. People act like there's going to be a long list of teams interested in him. I don't think so. He never would have gone first overall if it wasn't for Cliff Kingsbury, who saw him play uh, when he was in the Big 12. And then in in the uh, – uh, he was, let's see, SEC in the Big 12, and Kingsbury loved him and convinced him to take him first overall. Not only certain kind of systems can handle him, and also he's not the hardest worker, and people know that too. So that's going to be really fun to keep up with. But you know it's either going to be Caleb Williams or Drake May. And there's people out there right now that think Drake May ultimately will be picked a spot higher than Caleb Williams. Well, and the the Kyler Murray storyline picks up whenever he's actually available to return. I know he's starting on PUP. Uh, but an ACL injury doesn't keep you out for a full season, right? Like that. That would be also just blatant in how they handle the quarterback spot. And he, I, I know he said he was hopeful that he would return for week one. That's not the case. Uh, but he's, based on the timetable, it was, uh, what, mid-October, late October is when Kyler Murray could come back and be 100%. Guys respond different to the, to the surgery. But, John, that's the next Jonathan Taylor saga uh, as far as PUP versus active roster and a guy that's considerably better at quarterback than anybody they have right now. Von Miller blew out his knee at Thanksgiving. He's been out 10 months. He's starting the season on PUP. You know, you can never tell for sure. If I'm Murray, I don't want to play with that team. I'll tell them, keep me, put me on PUP for the season. 
let me rehab, let me be in the best physical shape possible, which will help you get more for me and have more teams be interested in me in a perfect world. And uh, so if he comes back and looks bad with bad teammates, if he comes back and gets hurt, that works against the Cardinals and it works against Murray. So just shut him down for the season. All right, John, what did you make of the Cowboys trading for Trey Lance and giving up a fourth? Um, There was talk before the draft that the Texans were interested in Trey Lance because D'Amico Ryans and their offensive coordinator, play caller Bobby Slowick, were in San Francisco for the last six years with Kyle Shanahan. Texans had no interest whatsoever. That's just another one of those stories generated by national media. Now, he couldn't beat out Sam Darnold to be number two. So if Kyle Shanahan, who gave, people always say he gave up three ones, we got one back. So in essence, they gave up two. But if you paid dearly for a quarterback like that and you've already given up on him because he can't stay healthy, because he's not very good, and he can't beat out a journeyman like Sam Darnold for the backup spot, and then the Texans have no interest in two coaches that were there with him every day. What does that tell you? Mm-hmm. You're looking for a sucker. And so you found one. And Jerry Jones admitted he didn't talk to Mike McCarthy about it. And uh, he made that deal for four. People say, well, they're trying to put pressure on Dak Prescott. He's going to have $59 million cap figure next year to redo a deal to lower the cap figure. But they don't want to pay him $50 million a year like the great quarterbacks. Trey Lance is not going to scare anybody. He's not going to make Prescott and his agent think that, that oh, my God, Trey Lance is behind me. He's going to get this job. They'd be better off saying Cooper Rush. They would have been better off saying Will Greer just had one of the greatest auditions in the history of quarterbacks in preseason. And it looks like they've got rid of the wrong guy. But I think it's ridiculous to make a trade for Lance if you think he's anything but a third-string quarterback at this point in his career. John knows football. He's a Hall of Famer. He also knows entertainment. He has a SAG card. Yep. He is an accomplished actor as well. Voter. So when the two come together, we got to ask about it. John, do you feel like Hard Knocks New York Jets has lived up to the hype or gone below it? Fourth episode airs tonight on HBO. As someone who's watched every Hard Knocks show since the first one, I love them because it takes me places I can't go. I've always been fascinated by it. So it's the, it's the Aaron Rodgers show, and it looks like it's designed to make him look like a great guy, a normal guy, and all this stuff that happened in Green Bay, like what in the world? It must have been the Packers. That Aaron is a great guy. Just watch Hard Knocks. I think it's been the best whitewashing of a reputation that I can see. Now, when he starts doing Pat McAfee again, he may start talking about going into the darkness and mm-hmm. all those things he had out there, but He's looked great on there. People are fired up. I'm fired up for the Jets. Robert Sala, the head coach, was here for six years. Hope he does well. But, man, it's all about Aaron Rodgers. The Jets should have been paying HBO to do hard knocks there. It's made them look so good. What I really like, and you're right about it being the Aaron Rodgers show, John, what I liked about this last episode was, though, you're starting to see a little bit of the elimination of the honeymoon period, just a little bit with Aaron Rodgers and his teammate, with the offensive line problems, but also the moment where Randall Cobb is talking to all the receivers and saying, if you aren't in the spot where he expects, he will stop throwing to you. 
He will not throw it to you if he does not trust you. And he said, it's all great now and smiles and everything else, but he's this close to lighting into us if we don't show up ready and knowing the playbook the next time. And I'm thinking maybe they're teasing a little bit of what's to come in this episode tonight. But you've got a little bit of that you know, other side of Aaron Rodgers where, like every great quarterback, he's going to hold his teammates accountable and he's not always going to be the nice guy. That's a great point, Chad Lack, because he was here and the Texans cut him and he went back to Green Bay because he was one of the players that Rodgers insisted on having on the roster. And he, I think he said, I heard him tell the receiver, Aaron is the godfather to one of his kids. And uh, he was a great guy while he was here, but he couldn't wait to be reunited with him. Then, of course, they got him with the Jets. He might not have been the guy that should have been on the 53, but there's no way you're going to do anything to make Rodgers upset him because you've seen how he can be when he's upset. But I can't wait to see him get on the receivers and the linemen if indeed he'll show that, maybe he won't show that. Remember, they control everything that's on camera. Nothing out there that we see on Hard Knocks has not been approved by the Jets. John, we're out of time. I will note on the way out, though, DeMar Hamlin has made the initial 53-man roster in Buffalo. That is remarkable, considering where we were there January 2nd. John, thank you as always. Inspiring story. Yeah, yeah, we'll catch you up uh, next week as always. Thanks, John. Thanks, guys. Good game week. Getting ready for uh, week one, John. It's here. Can't we wait. We made it. Coming up, there's a quarterback that's struggling to bond with the rest of his team. I'll tell you why. Next on Hot Mike without any withdrawal. Hey, I'm a Dan, and I know what dads want for Father's Day. They want steak, world class Omaha steaks. Look. Dads deserve top-quality American beef, and that's what you'll get with Omaha Steaks as their Father's Day gift. I gift Omaha Steaks constantly to guests on my show. Urban Meyer, the football coach, Mike Krzyzewski, the basketball coach, Kevin Pritchard, general manager of the Indiana Pacers, just to name a few, have received the gift of steak, Omaha Steaks, from me. Order mouth-watering gift packages starting at just $99. And as a bonus, use promo code DAN to get $10 off your order. Give the gift that I give to guests on my show. Mouth-watering gift packages from Omaha Steaks starting at just $99. And as a bonus, use promo code DAN to get $10 off your order. Sack up and get your dad something he'll love this Father's Day. Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky was the Patriots' 2022 fourth-round pick. He played in four games last season. He started two games for the New England Patriots. They cut him today. They also cut Malik Cunningham, who was trying to make a transition to wide receiver. Then they were running him some in the fourth quarter at quarterback during the preseason. Uh, he was an undrafted rookie. They cut him, too. So right now, just Mac Jones is the quarterback on the depth chart for the New England Patriots. Hot Mike with Anna Withrow rolls on. Uh, Mac Jones is your QB one. Chad, there is a, another QB one that's currently making the, the dominating, at least our Twitter feeds currently, TweetDeck and more. Can you imagine the hero's welcome <laughs> that Tom Brady would receive back in New England if he came out of retirement for a second time and rejoined the New England Patriots. It would be 
amazing to think about it. I keep thinking about in WWE when Chris Jericho came on the scene yeah. with Y2J the, back in the year 2000, that if you just tease that, it would be that type of uh, entrance for Tom Brady in the opener if he was back with the Patriots. Obviously, it's mostly tongue-in-cheek with everyone yeah, joking yeah. around, but the moment you see hilarious. Patriots cut two quarterbacks, leaving one on the roster, the amount of NFL writers that are having fun with this and just posting Brady memes, Brady gifts above hey, the story, it's awesome. I, can't, I cannot help but think, like, Something's last, going on. Last year, Mac Jones, and there were reports that he and Bill Belichick weren't seeing eye to eye. Uh, and I wouldn't either, based on the coaches that he selected to oversee the passing game and the offense overall. They bring in Bill O'Brien, and Bailey Zappi was thought to be the the guy that was pushing Mac Jones for the starting job last year. Like they made yeah. move forward with him, even if Jones came back and was healthy. He was one of the stories of the season for yeah. a two three week stretch, and. Now he's off the roster. I can't help but think, like, for all the, the buzz about Belichick being on the hot seat, you know, the seat's a little warm. Uh, you got Robert Kraft who wants to win, get back to the playoffs. He's noted the last time that happened was 2019. Prior to that was their last victory in the postseason. Uh, who are they bringing in? Are they trading for a QB? And you're not just going to sign a backup off the scrap pile when you've been trying to develop Zappi. Who, by all accounts, even those covering the team, they're surprised by this, by this move. Uh, we'll keep you updated as, as news comes out on this. As if they make a claim, if they make a move, if they make a trade. There have been a couple of those. They traded their kicker, Nick Folk, to the Titans today, who Titans didn't have a kicker on the roster until the trade happened. Maybe this is a chance for Phillip Rivers to come out of retirement, too. Who Maybe knows? Maybe Big Ben will get a call. Could be a big surprise. Out there. A, bi a big surprise yeah, would big. be Big Ben. <laughs> get it? Chad, uh, if Brady were to come out of retirement, that would swing the line. Super Bowl uh, odds would... I don't know if the Patriots would be picked last in the division anymore. What a division that would be. But uh, we would head over would. to DraftKings Sportsbook is where we would be uh, to check that out. If you haven't taken your shot with DraftKings, uh, now's the perfect time to do it. If you're a first-time user at DraftKings Sportsbook, the exclusive deal is for you. Begin by depositing as little as $5 in your sportsbook account. You can make your first bet of $5 or more on any game. And here's the kicker. Not only do you get any cash winnings from your bet, but you also instantly pocket $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Those bonus bets, they roll in as eight separate $25 bonus bets, so you get plenty of chances to up your game. Terms and conditions apply. You've got to be 21 or older in a legal betting state. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER is the number. If you're ready to play, head over to outkick.com slash bet. Outkick.com slash bet is where you can go to claim this offer. Check out even more deals from our partnered sportsbooks. Outkick is your one-stop shop for betting content. Hey, you mentioned the Super Bowl odds. I actually just opened DraftKings, and they have a promo going right now. Add plus 200 to any team's odds to win the 2024 Super Bowl. Go ahead and bet on those Chiefs. Might as well. Might as well go ahead and double down on the Chiefs. Chiefs or who's the second best odds? The Eagles at plus 650. Chiefs are plus 600. It's not, it's not common that the team that loses the Super Bowl gets back. What are the, the Jets? following season? Jets are currently plus 1,600. That has them seventh best odds. What are the Patriots without Tom Brady, knowing that it's, they're eventually going to be scrolling, by scrolling, 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 <laughs> scrolling, uh, plus uh, 6,500. Okay, that's the one. That's well, you the don't one even need to up it by 200. I would just up. I would just up the uh, Chiefs. Go Jump with that. in on that, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so I'm following Mike Reese, by the way, who's on top of all things Patriots news. We'll be able to find out if they have a quarterback in mind to either back up Mac Jones or come in and who knows, maybe they maybe they were in on Josh Dobbs. They wanted Dobbs to come in. And maybe. We got a new segment guy. on the show, right? We do. Uh, so that's my quarterback. And with more, here's Davey Hudson. All right, guys. So a uh, story, we'll, we'll intro the segment, then we'll get into the story that you teased on the other side, Hutton. But Matthew Stafford, according to his wife, Kelly, having a few issues uh, bonding with his teammates. So we thought, you know what? We're going to go through a segment where it's just, that's my quarterback. That's the guy that, you know, I'm behind him 100%. And uh, we put this stinger together just for this segment. And that's Terrell and, Owens there. Yeah, that, well, that's my unfortunately, the audio was off on that, but it was Terrell crying saying, that's my quarterback. We so, promise. Um, classic scene. Cla- classic <laughs> moment in NFL history. You've all seen it. You've all heard it before. We're just describing it to you. And so <laughs> I actually like a segment where we just play stuff we'll just and then we just, we just describe Next time it. we'll just mime things. What is the you? commercial where the guy uh, we'll in the office, too, no I'm one sure. wants to hang out with him yeah. because he's a mime. I'm like, oh, he's mm. in a box of some sort. He's in a house. They're trying to figure out what he's doing. We could do that also. But guys, with the, the news of Matt Stafford coming out, and again, that's a, it's a whole other conversation, but our first one. Coming out. Coming out so, with so, the yeah. saying that he's not <laughs> Sorry, bonding yeah, with come, teammates. Come he's on, not come on out. Chad. Help, help me out here. You know, yeah. you know what I'm getting at. I'm I just wanted to, I just want to clarify for our audience of what, yes, what you no, mean by that. Um, okay. He said he can't no, bond with teammates because he can't connect with them. He doesn't know how yes, anymore. Yeah. Per his wife. So. Yeah, it's like a flip chart. It's like uh, Devil Wears Prada where you had the flip chart of uh, headshots and then their name, and you have someone behind you that whispers their name. He needed that printed out so he could go up to, to and introduce himself and actually have a conversation with the new additions. That they that's what happens when you have them picks. Yeah. You, you don't have guys that you recognize from April yeah, on the, your roster. The premise longer. to this is very simple. Davey's going to throw out a question. We can only answer with one of the thirty two starting quarterbacks currently in the NFL. It could be anything, like you'll see today, but inspired by this story, could be anything from any number of walks of life, and we have to basically place a starting quarterback in this role and then we will claim that's our quarterback mm-hmm. i doubt hutton and i will have the same answer on any of these but we don't know this is not prepared we promise Does, Davey? yeah as most people say millennials cannot live without their phones uh technology that's been uh, given to them because it's all they've ever known put myself into that camp so our Damn first kids our first question is which quarterback needs technology to survive chad i thought long and hard about this because this is this is set up for a grand slam with Kyler Murray, right? Call of Duty, Kyler Murray. Yeah. Well, Call was, of Duty, Kyler. I thought this was too easy. Uh, so I'm going with the new starter in Arizona, Joshua Dobbs. This guy obsesses over technology. He could be an astronaut. He wants to, his dream is to work for NASA. Um, he could not live without technology, without his phone, without a device, without a connection to what he obsesses over, his hobby, his dream. And it's not holding the football. It's astrophysicist Joshua Dobbs. That, to me, is the answer of the guy that would literally have withdrawal if you took away any cell phone, any technology, any computer. I mean, the guy's a wizard, but he's got to have that device in front of him because he's doing other things. Astro Dobbs is doing more than just practicing his spiral. Most likely to become 
Elon Musk as an NFL quarterback is definitely Josh Dobbs. That, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence just because look at him. Okay. Uh, there's something about the hair. There's something, you know, I, I don't think if he was had to be without technology because he's in a cabin somewhere in the woods, he would find the right conditioner to keep that mane properly managed. So everything with that, I don't even know what his connection to, to technology. I just look at Trevor Lawrence and think that is a guy that has to be on technology a lot of the time. So I'm going with him. doesn't tweet all that much, though. Like, he, there's not a presence of Trevor Lawrence. He's also forgotten about because he's in Jacksonville. Also doesn't strike me as a woodsman. He's been living. Uh, he's been MIA, though, in Jacksonville, Chad. Yep. Yeah, Hut, to, to your point on Dobbs, I would say, you know, making the Astro-Dobbs comparison, I, we currently have more technology in the palm of our hand than they did in 1969 when they first went to the moon. And, Chad, on uh, Trevor Lawrence, the other thing I would add there is I know he had his phone on him whenever Butch Jones texted him and Emory Jones the same thing, saying, hey, I want you, you're my number one quarterback option, and then neither one of them came to his school. So I <laughs> uh, definitely saw it, though. He was definitely on a phone of yes. some sort. Yep. So that, that's the only connection I can make there. Good. But, guys, just going the exact opposite. So we're talking about which quarterback would be able to survive best fit to survive in the wilderness. If you've ever seen the TV show Alone, we're just sending you up into the, the Arctic wilderness for a couple of months, and you just got to make it, and you got like a, a few things that you're able to throw on your back and go. Well, this quarterback already survives the Arctic wilderness uh, 12 months out of the year. It's Josh Allen. Josh Allen grew up on a farm. Uh, Josh Allen went to school at the University of Wyoming. He is a cowboy. He's burly. He looks like he has sort of the excess body weight to survive a cold winter in the woods, in the wilderness. I look at Josh Allen, and I see that sort of straggling beard, and I think it's a guy that could actually take a hatchet and knock down a tree of some sort and burn wood for his own warmth. Josh Allen's the answer here. Josh Allen, that is my quarterback for this answer. So I'm thinking just who would be – who I could see just – disconnecting and never hearing from and there are a couple of quarterbacks that come to mind for me I thought about Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson kept all of his contract negotiation quiet because he represented himself and then he got on social media and started spouting off about guaranteed contracts no one still no one listened to him I mean so in that regard he could shout and no one would hear him yep. in the wilderness I think that's a good one I didn't go with him, though. I, I thought of the quarterback. I'm going through all the quarterbacks in my mind, Chad. I'm thinking, who have I not thought of in like 12 months? Geno Smith is the answer. Geno Smith is forgotten about as soon as he flashes onto the scene with the great season in Seattle. We mentioned the wide receivers. We mentioned the additions in the draft. No one mentions Geno Smith. We don't hear from him. We don't see him. We don't hear sound bites. He's, he's not, it, the cameras don't find him. Give me Geno Smith because the disconnect is already there even though he's one of the top starting quarterbacks returning from the 2022 season. Okay, I'm surprised nobody went with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I, I, mean, th- I thought that's where Hutton no. was going. No, we talked Rogers, about a guy yeah. could go the darkness. Rodgers loves love. He loves seeing they his give name him in the headlines. some hallucinogenics. Loves seeing his name in the headlines. I could see Rodgers like betting down the way a deer would in the woods. And, Rodgers and sleeping disconnects, for a while. but he comes back and lets you know he's back. Geno Smith's been disconnected since he entered the NFL, even when he was great last year. Very fair points for both you guys. And our final question, this is a, uh, you got three options on this one. All rookie quarterbacks, we know they're going to start, but which quarterback has the best chance to win a Super Bowl in the next five years? And your options are Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. 
Ooh, this is a good one because it's uh, all bad situations here. Yep. Um, I'm going to go Bryce Young just because of uh, more of the unknown right now in Carolina with Frank Wright coming in. Um, I think he's the best of these quarterbacks also. So I'm leaning Bryce Young and in a bad division, although I guess you could kind of say that about the other two as well. I don't buy into Jim Irsay and the Colts. I don't think Carolina is as stocked draft pick-wise as Houston. And I also have seen what happens with Frank Reich teams. They're good. He's certainly coached a team to win a Super Bowl with Carson Wentz. Um, and, and with... You know, with a with a season that they lose their quarterback and they go on to win, all great. Um, give me C.J. Stroud and the Texans because of the actual the actual idea, guys. Believe it or not, that they have a sense of common sense. There is a glimmer of hope in Houston that's been rudderless and leaderless, and now it looks like they've turned the ship around. They made the right call by drafting C.J. Stroud. They then draft Will Anderson. They show some balls and do that and draft him third. And they still have eight picks in next year's draft. And they have tons of money coming up in free agency a couple of years from now. I'll leave you with this, guys. There's only been one quarterback drafted in the last decade that's won a Super Bowl. That's Davey Hudson's fact of the day. <laughs> <laughs> 